So is our first reading about the people of Israel, God or Moses? Well, we certainly could make a case that's about the people of Israel, and we're seeing them in not a very flattering light. They have uh, been led out of Egypt by God, only now they're going to make their own God, this molten calf, and not only that, but they're attributing their rescue from Egypt to this idol instead of the true God. So the people of Israel are there. And God is there. We hear about him conversing with Moses. I see how stiff-necked this people is. Let me alone then, that my wrath may blaze up against them to consume them. Then I will make of you a great nation. But I think the key to understanding this passage is Moses. Because I see Moses is really kind of at a critical juncture. I can see where he could have easily said, along with God, you know what, God, you're absolutely right. I have gone to, the, to bat for these people time and again with Pharaoh. We went through the whole ten plague thing. I led them across the Red Sea. Enough with them. Get rid of them. But Moses doesn't do that. Something stirs inside of him, and he says, okay, Yes, this is a stubborn, a stiff-necked people, but they're my people. And he goes to bat for them. And he pleads for them, and he says, If you spare them, Lord, I will not give up on them either, but I will do my best to lead them back to you. My question for you this morning is, Have there been times in your life with family or at work or school or church or a group you belong to that you've become so discouraged and disheartened by how stubborn or stiff-necked they are that you want to chuck it all? Maybe there is a message from Moses to you. Now, with our gospel passage, is it about the younger son, the older son, or about the father? You can certainly approach it from any of the three, and perhaps there have been times in our life where we can relate to the younger son, where we have gone off and we wanted to do our own thing, and only later did we realize, ooh, this is not as good as I thought it would be. I need to get back to the center, only we wonder, will God still take us back? We think of the younger son seeing, I'm not worthy to be considered son anymore. Treat me as servant. That's one approach. Or maybe we felt like the elder son, where we've seen somebody who, gosh, I've been working hard and sweating all my life, and now look at them. They're being welcomed back. And we feel bitterness or resentment. But I really think for today, what this parable strikes me is Jesus is revealing to us the nature of God through the figure of the Father. And we can certainly see it in the way the Father treats the younger son. That when the younger son is still a long way off, 
he runs out to welcome him, embracing him and kissing him, and by his actions makes it clear, you are still my son. And then to the elder brother, sullen and resentful, the father does not wait for him to come back into the house. The father goes out to him, and he listens to him, he hears his complaints, and then he says to him, my son, everything I have is yours. In this remarkable parable, Jesus reveals how much God loves us and how much God wants us to recognize each other as brother and sister. I don't know about you with your cell phone, but my phone, and maybe I just need to change the setting, but when I get a text, it makes a loud ping. And it's been waking me up, or I've been awake at five in the morning, every morning from this ping, and it's coming from the bishop. It's coming, well, it's, it's coming not from the bishop directly. It's somebody in his office. It's this bishop's discipleship on the way. Some of you have been participating in it these last uh, number of months. That, and usually you get a couple texts a week, and there's a particular spiritual exercise or something we're working on. But starting last Sunday... Uh, the bishop has invited all of us to participate in a 30-day Ignatian retreat titled Taking Back the Crown from St. Mary Catholic Center out of Texas A&M University. And so this is a little bit more of an intense time, these 30 days. And so every day there's a text, and then when you open it up, there's a, a talk to listen to, and then a prayer, and I have to say, this first week, I've been so impressed, I don't mind those pings going off. So, and I, the one thing in particular that I want to share with you this morning is what he talked about the very first day. He talks about prayer and creating a space to pray, uh, some place where we can pray and have a time, and then how to start our prayer. And he takes this from St. Ignatius of Loyola. St. Ignatius writes that to consider for about the time it takes to pray in our Father, God's loving gaze upon you. So you know about how long it takes to pray in our Father, right? That's how that amount of time at the beginning of your prayer, just to imagine God's loving gaze upon you. And, and he really makes a point of making sure that it's, God's gaze looking at us, not a projection of God that we have. Because it's very easy for us, some of us, when we imagine God looking at us, all of a sudden we're seeing, God's seeing all the bad things I've done, all the times I messed up and didn't do. The priest says, put that outside of you. That's, that's a projection. He says, if your image that you have of God looking at you is merely tolerating you, that is not of God. If your image of God is God disgusted with you, that is not of God. If your image is of God impatient with you, that is not of God. God looks on us with love, with merciful love, with merciful love for you. That's the way to start our prayer. And, and I think that's a, a beautiful way. Uh, I think it will help us to enter into prayer when we start that way and to give us a sense of peace 
that this is where God wants us to rest and to receive him. Now, if you want an image of what God is like looking at you, uh, our Independence Village people, do you see the print behind you? Now, some of you in church, you can't see it. The pillar's in the way, but there's a print back there in that space. Can you, anybody tell me what that print is of? What did I hear? The prodigal son, yes. It's a print of Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal son, and it's worth a closer look. So on your way out of church, take a look at the way the father gazes on the younger son. The younger son who's come before him, I'm not worthy to be your son, just treat me as a servant. It's a beautiful gaze, I think, that Rembrandt has, has created to help us see how much God gazes on us with love.